all you cool cats and kittens. We all right, settle down, Carol. We got a letter from Buffet out here. That <laughs> was like a Casey yeah. Case. I don't remember that. Wow. Yeah. Dear Casey. Dedication. <laughs> Dear Casey. I met a real sweet girl. I was really keen on her. <laughs> then she died. Can you play Macarena by Lost <laughs> Welcome. You're tuned into the Two Kings podcast with your hosts Brian Weeks and Adam Ricker. You may now enter the kingdom. Did you actually listen to any of those long distance dedications? <laughs> He's like, I'm happy as shit. Play Macarena, baby. Right. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to the Two Kings podcast. Um, I am your host this week, Brian Weeks. I am alone in the studio this week, unfortunately. Uh, my co-host, Adam Ricker, the biggest of Rickers, was unable to make it this week. Um, but we do hope that everybody enjoyed your holiday weekend last week. Uh, this week, we are presenting you with the best of the Two Kings podcast. We have some highlights, some favorite moments with new follow-up commentary and some updates. We have some outtakes and also some never-before-broadcast content. So that's all coming up for you in this hour. Let's hop right in and start off with one of my favorite clips from our pilot episode that we recorded back in May, where we find out what happens when you fuck up Adam's food order. So why don't you tell our listeners what happened today when you uh, tried to order some food? Girl. <laughs> You're going to get me all riled up in the beginning of the podcast. Okay, so uh, I decided that I, I introduced Brian to the uh, to Grubhub. He didn't know that was a thing in his area because there's no DoorDash. There's no Uber Eats. Um, but Grubhub it works. Uh, a lot of the places are in Laconia, which is right next to where we are. And... <laughs> I, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm feeling, you know, I'm very hungry, I'm going to get this monster sandwich. From? From Subway. Okay, thank yes. you. Shout out to Subway. Yeah, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> There's only like four different restaurants. That taste it leaves in my mouth when yeah. I say it now. Um, So, we, we place the order on DoorDash, it gets here just fine and everything. And I'm, I'm going to hand Brian his sandwich. I'm like, oh, this one seems lighter than this one. I got double chicken. So, like, oh, this one has to be mine. Mm-hmm. Here's yours. So, I open mine, and it's Brian's sandwich. Mm-hmm. So, then Brian opens his. That is also Brian's sandwich. And I don't know how that happened. They, they made the same sandwich twice. Right. Now, it's not even so much that they made the same same sandwich twice. When we opened these things up, they were wildly inconsistent mm-hmm. on the inside. And that's just a problem for one, but two, like, it's it's not. I, I've worked in fast food, and I get that sometimes when things are stressful, or if you're busy, you overlook something. <laughs> and I, and I'm trying to come from a place of understanding there, but right, rotisserie chicken and turkey sandwich are nowhere near similar. Right. And so we, we, Brian tried calling for me from his phone because he was a little more level-headed, obviously, than I was. Yeah. About it, and how many miss? How many attempts? Um, we have here in my recent calls, forty-two plus three is forty-five. Forty-seven calls. I tried to call Laconia Subway. You would have thought Laconia Subway was the main unemployment system. And I got the little Canadian answering machine. Sorry. Sorry. <clears throat> but. <laughs> Which is cute, because, you know, I love all things Canadian. But no, um, you were very, very, very salty. Like, you were heart attack salty about it. Oh, yeah. And and it's completely understandable. Like, I'm I'm not trying to minimize it at all, but I just feel like maybe... Oh, so, so... This is fine. So I'm on the, I'm on the phone constantly trying to get a hold of them. And meanwhile, what are you doing? (laughs) 
taking pictures. Of, I took pictures of the sandwich from multiple angles. We had a sandwich photo shoot. I had a side by side comparison of them, like close ups of each yes. sandwich. And I wrote like a scathing three and a half paragraph review on Yelp, on Facebook, and on Grubhub. Babe absolutely set fire to the rain, and I am here for it. <laughs> it was great. It was just, it was, it was legend. Yes. So, so I mean, if you if, if you're listening to this, look up Laconia, New Hampshire subway mm-hmm. on either Yelp, Facebook, or Grubhub, and it'll say Adam R's review right here, and mm-hmm. sit down with a nice cup of tea and get ready to watch me read Subway to Filth. And the the, fo- the the photography is phenomenal. You you use your your brand new phone for to make to take those photos. Yes, my brand new iPhone. And um, in the um, but the the funny thing is is the comparison between those two sandwiches because it's like the sandwich and then like if you ran it through the copier five or six times mm-hmm. that is the second sandwich. So, one of them looked like they didn't have a lot of black olives on it. That was my big point of contention too. Is I I hate black olives. Even when you pick them off, you can I can still taste them. I don't know what it is about them. Which is why I like them. Yeah, yes. I just can't. It's I, the salty brine. Yeah, I can't. with. I, I don't know what... I wish I liked them. Okay. Certainly do. I just don't. And <coughs> Racist. Yeah. Okay. Why do I gotta be black? But you like green olives? No. I don't like any olives. Um, how, it's I, weird. I don't... I feel like I don't even know you. You know... I knew that. You had to have known that. We don't. Well, green olives is really not a. It, green olives are not a normal. Let's have them at every meal thing. So I don't know if we broached green olives yet. Oh, I thought I brought it up, but I'm in my dislike of all olives. <laughs> I'm hoping. But are you open to trying something in it on a on a single time? Pause. Yeah, I'll, I'll okay. always try it, but I know how, I know I don't like the taste of it. I do love olive oil. Uh, okay. Like I, I couldn't like bite a tomato, but I love ketchup. You know what I mean? It's it's weird. I'm, I'm very weird. No, that's not weird at all. No. Bad takeout and delivery experiences are not exclusive to Adam. I just want to make that perfectly clear. Twice this summer, I personally have had some issues with one of my very favorite places to eat, Elvio's Pizzeria, over in uh, in Moultonboro, which is nearby. Back during our vacation a couple weeks ago, um, I had ordered takeout from LVO, and this is uh, just a snapshot of what I had posted on social media afterwards. I just got home from picking up two pizzas from LVO's in Moultonboro. When I got home, I found that my small sausage and mushroom pizza was presented as a sausage and pepperoni, and the large 3X cheese 2X pepperoni had less cheese on it than my small one. I understand people make mistakes, but $42 is a little steep for an incorrect pizza. So I called. The girl on the phone answered the phone by saying, we're not taking any more takeout orders, and hung up on me. No hello, no goodbye, super rude. So I called back again, and a female answered and just said, Alvios. So I told her I had just been there for pickup, and my pizza was wrong, and and I had just been hung up on. Yeah? No apology, no emotion. She asked for my name, then put me on hold, sort of. I mean, I could hear people talking in the background. Then she came back and said, what's the problem with the pizzas? I told her that the toppings were incorrect on the small, and I just wanted to let them know and that they should speak to the person who had just hung up on me. Her reply was, that was me. Okay, have a good night. And then she hung up the phone again. I didn't even get a chance to say anything about the large. I seriously cannot believe the shitty customer service that I got. I mean, I worked at LVO's about 25 years ago. And if like one second of that had happened to me, I would have been fired right on the spot. But that was the second time that I had gotten shitty customer service from LVO's. Earlier this summer, when Adam was visiting again, I said I was telling him how great the pizza is. This is the place I went when I was little. Like, I've been going to LVO's Pizza since I was like, I don't know, six or seven years old. My favorite, favorite pizza. And um, I saw in the paper earlier this summer that they were delivering here to Meredith. So I ordered pizza, and I'm like, I'm so jazzed about this. I'm so amped. And Moultonboro 
to Meredith is like a 10 minute ride maximum. And it took them three and a half hours to get the pizza to us. I can understand to a certain degree that the name of the street that I live on, there are, there's a street, a road, and an avenue all nearby that have the exact same name, but I gave explicit instructions and the kid had GPS. So there was really no excuse. All I asked for is the product that I paid for in the time frame I was promised. That's all I want. I think that's pretty basic. And I think it's pretty acceptable to ask for that. Next up, our most downloaded and streamed episode thus far also proved to be our most controversial. Adam Ricker, The Interview, was our seventh episode. It was a little bit of a departure from our normal format uh, where we record ahead of time and I edit it and it comes out two to three, four weeks later. This was actually available hours after it was recorded. All right, so, like, some of the things, it was just, like, there'd be a lot of comments, like, oh, whose dick did you suck to get this? Or uh, the owner, the newer owners of IWE, like, they'd shake hands with people and, like, while shaking their hand, would use their other hand to, like, fondle your junk real quick. Like, it happened to a lot of dudes. What? Like, yeah. That was, like, their little handshake, and everyone would be like, oh, get the fuck out of here. But it would happen. That's what they would do uh, for a while. Uh, I'm gay, and I don't even like that. Right. I, I know. I'd jump back like, yo, hey, I ain't been touched in, like, three years at this point, but I don't want you touching. Like, you know, what the fuck? Um, there were just, there was a, there was a while where people, uh, the owner bomb, like, had this, like, flirty personality about him because his, uh, Sonny even called him out on it. Sonny, like, specifically ordered Bomb to stop being flirty with me because other people were, like, starting to think it was something. That's what Sonny was saying. And wow. then, like, Bomb was just like, oh, I guess I'm going to stop flirting with you. I'm like, okay. Mm. Um, That's creepy. Yeah. It, <laughs> uh, bomb, like... And it wasn't even just... It was other stuff I saw, too. And it goes beyond sexual... Um, like, I think even Eric one time at that, Jesse, he was shit-hammered drunk. Um, he had just ended a relationship that meant a lot to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had just moved. I had only been in Bangor a few months. Uh, myself, my roommate, Neil, and uh, our friend Danny all went down to check on him. Make sure he was all right, because he was down there. And we all went and gave him a group, you know, big group hug. Like, hey, you doing all right, man? What's mm-hmm. up? And he was drunk and happy to see us. And one of us, I think Neil or somebody said, you know, you cut, you know, stop being drunk. Or what, he, they said whatever they said to Eric, and he's like, oh, well, that means I'm going to have to fire somebody. Guess I'll fire the ginger, talking about Danny. Mm-hmm. And he go, and then Eric goes, oh, no, wait, he makes my posters. I'm going to fire the faggot instead. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, and I want, I gave him a pass because he was shit-faced, but, like, mm-hmm. I never forgot that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... To this day, um, you know, like the comments like Eric made about, oh, you know, how do you think you got the title? And I know, I, I want to look back and say, yes, these guys made these jokes in jest. And there are some jokes out there, like the gay jokes with friends that aren't malicious. Because I'm sitting there, sometimes I joke around too. But it's more that's when you get down to like insinuating that sexual favors are being performed for position mm-hmm. um, or spot. Uh where it really, you know what I mean? People start to think things about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, the last thing I ever wanted to do was, like, be disrespectful to anybody and make anybody uncomfortable because I'm there. Like, I go out of my way in a locker room. If someone's changing, even if they're taking their shirt off, taking their pants off, I'll turn the other way. I will find a reason not to look that direction until they're done doing what they need to do. They didn't ask me to do that. Right. But early in early on in my career, there was this guy, uh, a Tommy Mack, racist, homophobic motherfucker. Actually, he lives in Laconia. I'm pretty sure. Um, he had said like he like I I think he thought I was looking at him while he was changing, or whatever, and I was just like, oh, you like what you see, faggot. 
And I was a new rookie kid, so I just kind of, like, cowered in the corner and closed my eyes, pretty much. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I uh, didn't... And then that that's what made me self-conscious about it. I'm like, I'm not trying to, like, watch anybody change. This is where everyone changes, though. Right. Myself included. Mm-hmm. So I just... After a while, I just became... It didn't become so much looking away as I'm making sure that I'm keeping eye contact. Like, if I'm talking to my buddy who's, like, getting undressed while we're talking, I keep my eyes locked because I don't even want it insinuated that I'm back there having a good time. Um, mm-hmm. I've I've turned down, like, dates and potential relationships because people would instantly, like, they'd be like, oh, you like being in there with those hot, sweaty men. And I get, I, I get why they're saying that. But when it comes to wrestling itself, I take wrestling very serious. Like right. I take it seriously enough that it's not. It doesn't do anything sexually for me to be in there. Like I've I've wrestled dudes I've that I've personally found incredibly attractive, but that goes away in the context of wrestling. Right. Like not once have I had any of them like pinning me where I laid there because I'm like, oh, this is sweet. I threw them off of me like I'd throw anyone off of me. Like that's it's. I didn't want being gay to define me in wrestling, but honestly, I feel like it has. In main wrestling, anyway. Because I'm known for that sassy, like, don't come for me, bitch. Like, I used to be called the only diva allowed in the locker room at IWE by the uh, most recent management. Yeah. Um, I got guys like Mike Turner calling me the queen of drama. Like, calling me a woman. Like, you know what I mean? And... I really think that has to do with what because of being gay. The response to the episode was overwhelmingly positive. The lo- a lot of support. Um, it was over. It was kind of shocking, overwhelming. Like I had posted it, walked away from it for a little while, and came back to just like flooded inbox and flooded messages and uh, hearing from people I never speak to or like I've never spoken to that they're like I really admire the things you, and you know people building me up who I've never talked to. Mm-hmm. Um, other wrestlers reaching out that I've never talked to to offer support. Um, guys filing out of IWE one by one by one in support of me. Um, the horror, you know, I speak a lot about him mm-hmm. on our podcast page, our, our Facebook page, Joe uh, the Horror Lewis. Like, he just straight up <laughs> redesigned the IWE belt, say fuck IWE, and you can have this piece of shit back, and I won't work for these scumbags, you know, and everyone was supporting me, but I'm like, I don't want everyone just to support me, support the concept that this shouldn't be happening to anybody. Right. Um, and I want to give mad props to companies like uh, Let's Wrestle Limitless and NAWA for when they decide to return to action, they have a code of conduct in place for wrestlers and fans, and they're, they're taking measures to make sure this doesn't happen to other people. Um, Adam got a lot of support and a lot of reinforcement of support that he had, he had been getting already on his social media. But there was an incident uh, where there were um, threats made towards Adam and, and towards me uh, of physical violence and threats of litigation um, stemming from someone that I don't even know and, and only had like a 10 second mention during a two hour podcast. Um, and to be perfectly honest, the only thing that was said was about this individual was just, oh yeah, they said a gay slur once. That's all. Another one of my favorite episodes that we had done, just the whole episode in itself, was the Two Kings Q&A, episode number eight. Um, It is some of my favorite moments. I personally have listened to the podcast, this specific episode, probably 12 times. Um, But here's a couple of highlights from that. However, when you contact him by phone, he mentions one strange detail about his work habits. He insists on watching pornography while painting. Don't worry, I don't masturbate to it. It's just for entertainment, he says, but it's the only way I like to paint. This being the case, I will need to use your DVD player 
to view my personal collection of erotic films while I work. I may also use your cable service to purchase on-demand or pay-per-view pornographic movies, but I will itemize any movies I watch and subtract the cost from your overall bill. Do you, <laughs> do you employ this pornography enthusiast as a painter for your house? <laughs> Would you believe I have a story for this? Oh, Jesus. A real-life story. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say, uh, yeah, a real-life story. Everyone you've ever slept with. I think I would start from the beginning and talk about the evolution of my sexual history. The evolution of Big Ricker. Um, The evolution of my sexual history. Started at the very beginning um, when I lost my virginity uh in, in a three-way in a tent at 15 um, well. all the way up to uh later today so <laughs> you got a date i don't know about well it was gonna be a surprise oh, okay. <laughs> it's that naked painter guy from wareham oh i can only <laughs> <laughs> I can only cook dinner when i'm naked i all right, so this when we were opened up the deck and we we're picking out our original five questions, I, I grabbed this one out and said, I wish I could ask you this one. So this one is entitled Shaquille in the Shower. Oh, Jesus. You come home from an afternoon of shopping, expecting your residence to be empty. However, upon entering your front door, you immediately sense that something is strange. The entire place smells like marijuana and roses. There's a briefcase sitting in the middle of your living room floor filled with diamonds and Christmas cookies. You can hear the shower running, and when you open the door to the bathroom, you realize that the man using the shower is basketball legend Shaquille O'Neal. A naked Shaq peers out at you from behind the shower curtain and smiles enthusiastically, but says nothing. He then returns to washing himself. When you ask O'Neal what he is doing in your home, he simply says, I don't remember. Do you call the police? Absolutely not. <laughs> I want... Okay. All right. Yeah. And it's not even like an enthusiasm about Naked Shack. I just... This is four of your favorite things. Marijuana... Five of your favorite things. Marijuana, roses, diamonds, Christmas cookies, and Naked Shack. Well, I mean, I, I imagine Naked Shack must be quite a sight, but... Um... <laughs> Like I, I mean, first of all, I walk I walk into that smell regularly with the sensi going, and sometimes if I'm just running to get a nice coffee, I come back and that's what come walk into my apartment. That's what you're gonna smell. Mm-hmm. Um, let's not get it twisted. We're all adults here. Um, <laughs> the diamonds and Christmas cookies. I would be like, this is a bougie ass party. Like these are two things that don't go together in a briefcase. Like I need to know what the fuck's happening. We had a fantastic time recording the Two Kings Q&A, and I I cannot wait to do that again. And I can assure you we're going to have one of those coming up very, very soon. Both Adam and I have things that we completely geek out about. As you've probably heard, Adam's is wrestling. Mine is soap operas. Another one I used to watch was One Life to Live. Um, The main heroine on that show was uh vicky lord riley buchanan buchanan riley some i don't know she had about 27 last names but vicky lord was her main was her main maiden name so not only does vicky lord have dissociative identity disorder which used to be called multiple personalities so she has like eight alters this is one actress playing like literally playing nine people over the course of 40-some-odd years. Um, but on that show, Vicky died and went to heaven, but just kidding, she came back from the light after her surgery. They found an underground city where people had been living for 40 years that no one in town knew about at all. Um, then there was Vicky's husband fell off a horse on his ranch and hit his head and somehow transported back to a hundred years prior and was 
like dating his wife's grandmother, <laughs> and he kind of created a time paradox. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's his know. wife's dad, or something. Which, by the way, also added a tenth character for this lady to play because now she's. <laughs> and, um, there, were, those were a little bit more outlandish. On uh, General Hospital, they had a young girl, Robin, who was the character's about my age. Um, she befriended an alien who came down from some other planet. For a minute, and I feel like that was one of those like there was a big pile of coke on the table when that was mm, pitched. Yeah. Um, other soap operas were a little bit more realistic and ground, you know, at least ground, sort of tried to be grounded in reality. Like not everything was, you know, like dynasty level, whatever. But there, was, it's it's the storytelling I think, and and compelling characters. You know, back in when soap operas were first introduced, it was just. The reason they're called soap operas is because they were just little, like, little short dramatic stories literally used to sell laundry soap and on the radio before TV. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Most of the soap operas that originally, that originally, um, that that originated were um, invented, well, not invented by, but produced by, what? I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm just picturing in my head, like... Tune in next week to find out who didn't sort the colors from the whites. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then everyone's like, oh my gosh, that sounds racist. No, not, <laughs> not, in, the 19, not in the 1950s they wouldn't have thought that. <laughs> they would have been, they'd be like, Ed, the laundry too. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go to break, I would like to just share with you a few of my favorite moments of Adam being Adam. I grew up in... Auburn, Maine, there, I was like the one piece of burnt toast running around, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Hey, are you cool cats and kittens? Testies, testies, one, two, <laughs> we can't, three? No, we gotta, we gotta okay. stop, because I'll be doing this all day. Wait, how are we <clears> gonna <throat> create, how are we gonna create laughable content? We don't have a little fun here. Yeah, yeah. You've been listening to the Two Kings Podcast. We're going to pause for a brief intermission and then return for the second half of this week's broadcast. Thanks again for listening to the Two Kings podcast. Now let's return to the second half of the broadcast. So Adam has his wrestling and I have my soap operas, but the one thing that we can both agree on are Saturday morning cartoons. Mm. And I was just watching Animaniacs, the, not Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures. Okay, the other day. Real quick side discussion. I mean, I know this is Saturday morning cartoons, but now we're getting into cartoons. It's all good. Um, there are two cartoons I can, oh, three cartoons I cannot believe as an adult watching these cartoons. Girl, four, I'm I already, know, I already know which ones they are, but please I'm gonna say four. But I cannot believe that okay. we're put out for. I mean, my generation of kids, because you mm-hmm. wouldn't see any of these shows on TV now for kids. Ren and Stimpy, for one. Uh-huh. Uh, Rocco's Modern Life. I lived for Rocco's Modern oh, Life. Oh, Rocco was my favorite. Mm-hmm. I, I belly laughed at that show, so mm-hmm. I because I get, I get the dirty you jokes. Right, you get both. <laughs> right. Well, Rugrats had that, too. Rug, too yeah, Rugrats had quite a few. in the, Rugrats mm-hmm. was passable, because right. they were really, like quick little quick things but like okay so animaniacs animaniacs was was my favorite one one still is the fingerprints fingerprints yeah (laughs) we need we need to uh dust for fingerprints and then he's she's holding for yeah i don't think so or something i don't think 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 so so. (laughs) okay so what did you say fingerprints and the fourth one that's questionable to me is definitely spongebob it's had moments where I've been like, uh... <laughs> I've only seen, like, two episodes of Spongebob, because I, I'm sorry, but Spongebob, to me, is the single most annoying thing I have ever seen in my life, and I watched that stupid, or the show with the orange with the mouth. Oh, I, that thing was scary. I know. You know what was really scary? And, um... But, and again, it wasn't... I don't know if it was a Saturday morning cartoon, but do you remember Angela Anaconda? Yep. That's the animation style that scared the living oh, the, shit right the out of me. Faces on the kids, weird, yeah. just too weird. I couldn't handle it. 
But then, so Smurfs went from 9 to 10.30, and then at 10.30, my fucking jam of all jammy jams, Alvin and the Chipmunks. I lived for Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh my god. Alvin, Simon, Theodore. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I loved Alvin and the Chipmunks. Then they, then they did the, um... The CGI one there. The cartoons, no, and all, no. now we've got Lady Chipmunks. Mm-hmm. No, the Chipettes were brought in t- for uh, the Alvin and the Chipmunks um, 1983 version of I, NBC. I'm, I'm all for the Chipettes, and I'm all for la- uh, Lady Chipmunks. But they are all, like, the car- the female version of each of the boys. Uh-huh. Like, Brittany so- is Alvin. Yeah. But Jeanette say- is Simon. I would have liked to see three... Smurfettes with other with different distinct personalities that complemented each of the boys. I can understand like a similar look, but like you're pairing. Oh, you're gonna pair off. Right. You know these two well, pair off these two and pair off. They these. definitely were the boys in drag. Definitely. Oh yeah. Absolutely. The chipettes. Oh yeah. You know that's a. Good, I never thought of it. There that must way. be. There must Girl, be some work. kind of. There must be some kind of conspiracy theory out there that, that like they had multiple personalities and it was really them the whole time, like a Fight Club thing. Who knows. Another common interest that Adam and I have is a love of food. Now, when you're a man of a certain size, the room of the house you are most skilled in might be the kitchen. But for us, it's not, so you can draw your own conclusions there. But here's a little bit of us talking about food. I think I challenged the cook at Cityside Restaurant once, Marco, Mm -hmm. I believe is his name. Uh, I was like, listen... I want some nacho, chicken nachos, but I want, like, tons of cheese, like, three extra cheese, like, if I can purchase that as a topping three times, mm-hmm. and you do, and the waitress, she was, she was into it, like, I forget, yeah. like, sometimes the chef's like a challenge, mm-hmm. I'm like, just when you think you've put too much cheese on these chips, put another half a cup, mm-hmm. you know, like, go nuts, so he, he, he put in work and he came out after. How do you like those nachos, eh? Yep. I was like, they're delicious. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so he said anytime, he's like, anytime you come in, just ask for extra cheese and chicken. They won't charge you for it. Tell them I said so. I was like, dope. All right. The Aftershock Jesus Christ nachos. <laughs> it should be on the menu. <laughs> My aunt Lisa used to make a taco, a layer, the seven layer taco dip. Mm-hmm. Every family... I've always wanted to, to have one of those, but there's one or two layers that I don't like, so I won't have it. What layers in that? Uh, the you... refried beans. Oh, that's like the essence of I the... don't like beans. No. I love a bean. I love a good bean. I like to flick it. <laughs> I love you making you make that face. And I used to be... <clears throat> I used to be, like scared of guacamole but I've really I've leaned right into guacamole over the last couple of years I love guac I learned how to make when I work give me that guac (laughs) (laughs) I can eat a cocktail shrimp I can eat it no I I can't with scallops why I I, you're having the wrong ones then it may be the texture What I like is when when I used to live on Cape Cod, they have like the massive like silver dollar size scallops. Oh yeah, them big boys. And they are so buttery and so light. And there again, I really feel like when when we go down to Cape Cod for for a uh, for vacation because I plan on taking you down there to, to show you where I used to live and stuff like that. Um, I'm I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna guarantee that you're gonna come back really enjoying all the seafood that you had, and it might. The thing is, it'll turn your tide on. I love seafood, but it, you will say, and this is this is going on record. I love seafood, but only when I'm eating it in a restaurant fresh on Cape Cod. You know who is listening to that and laughing hysterically right now? Who? My mother, Ma Dukes. Oh yeah, because she knows my dislike. Like she, my my mom used to make this uh, like a fish chowder. Her and one of her exes, Mm-mm. but any like the sea, any yeah. like the seafood smell, it instantly like makes me. Bleh. Well, that's the thing when it's when it's just fresh caught off the boat twenty minutes ago, you're not going to get that smell. You just get the pure. It's so good. It's so fresh and so 
Oh. I've never experienced something that fresh. So maybe you might be right. I'm definitely open to There's a restaurant down in uh, Provincetown, Massachusetts. I'm going to give them a shout out because they're awesome. They're, it's called the Mayflower. And um, they have been an institution in P-Town since like the 1920s. And um, like almost all the restaurants down there, it's seasonal. But it's down-home food like a diner, but it's locally... It's local P-Town Cape Cod cuisine, but like in a diner setting. And for people that may not know, Provincetown is not just the, like the gay mecca of the Northeast, but it is traditionally a Portuguese um, fishing town. And all of the, the roots of P-Town are, of course, Native Americans and then the Portuguese settlers. So a lot of the, the food that you'll find there has a Portuguese bent to it. And... Um, just incredible. But my favorite dish is not a Portuguese one, but my favorite dish there is their fish parmesan. And what the fish parmesan is, is it's a massive piece of um, massive piece of haddock. I mean, it's generally like the size of both of your hands put together. Then they will batter it, fry it up, drench it in red sauce and cheese, throw that under the broiler for a couple of minutes. And it's served to you on, like, I guess they call them like a luncheon plate. It's like not a dinner plate, but not like a saucer. It's the middle size. So it's that fish cheese sauce. And then they give you a big ass like platter of um, spaghetti, spaghetti and sauce to go with it. But I mean, it is so good. Uh, $18.95. $18.95. It's totally worth it. I think because both Adam and I have summer birthdays, some of our best and worst memories revolve around the summertime. Let's take a few minutes to listen to the two kings in the summer. And I remember the birthday toast or the birthday cheers or whatever, the birthday yeah. shot before we all got ready to leave. Slancha, yeah. Right, so we, we did one for me from everybody, you know, happy yeah. birthday, Rick, or yay. And I'm like, all right, I got one for my, uh, for Ma Dukes. And everyone got their drink ready, and I was like, to Ma Dukes, thanks for having jungle fever that one time. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> so, this, this one that I'm going to start out with, <clears throat> pardon me, is one that I've, I have never actually told out loud before, and only two other people have heard this story. I've alluded to it in blog posts for about 20 years, but this is the first time I'm actually saying it. I will say this 31 years later that I do not remember which one of us had the actual idea first. Um, Bob, if you were out there listening and you remember, shoot me a DM because I do not honestly remember who's... I don't want to take credit for it and I don't care about giving you credit, but I don't want to take credit for it if it wasn't my idea. So we decided that the prank would be to hide the lifeguard chair down at the beach. I mean, that's pretty pretty ballsy for 12-year-old, or almost You guys are wild. So, I'm trying to figure out how to do it. You know, and um, we're both kind of nerdy, so like, we kind of had a little bit of like, well, you know, the science of this, and sort of you know, trying to figure out how to hide a huge fucking lifeguard chair is not easy. So after some time, and probably the rest of that Sambuca, got the idea that out on the beach, in, in Center Harbor Beach, there is a floating raft that is like chained down to things on the bottom, like cement things on the bottom. So it's, it's a floating raft out there for kids to, to play on and jump off of and whatever. It has the little ladders. And I remembered as a kid, you know, at that time... Like, one of the cool popular things to do was to jump into the water and then, like, appear underneath the... You, no one could see you, but, like, there were air pockets, obviously, under this raft. And um, so I said... You know, we decided we were going to try and put it... We were going to hide the lifeguard chair under in the air pocket. We are going to push it under the raft so it stayed there. And no one could see it. 
but the kids coming the next morning to go play at the beach were going to be able to like feel that it was there. But we were going to try to like get it under the middle, so you really had to be under to see it. To see it, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> it took a very long time. I want to say it because I mean it was made out of very buoyant pine wood, you know, and so. But we were able to successfully. And I don't know how the fuck we did this. There's street lights at this beach. There's you know, granted there weren't any people around, but like this place is lit up like a Christmas tree and no one is stopping or seeing like there were actually I do remember there were like a couple of times where there were cars coming down the little loop and we just like stop and freeze and cars would just keep going. So it took a couple of hours, I think, but we did finally get the the lifeguard chair under the uh under the uh raft. So that was a Sunday night. And that was the talk of the town all week. What happened to the lifeguard Where chair? the lifeguard They had to, like, cancel swimming lessons. Like, the little, you know, entitled little brat that was supposed to be the lifeguard had to, like, had to sit on a towel all week instead of their big chair. And it was a huge problem. Actually, I think they, I think they brought out a picnic table and, like, spray-painted it white and wrote, like, lifeguard on it or whatever. But, like, that was <laughs> le- legit. Talk of the town. The town that I grew up in only has 2,500 people in it. So, it's a small town. Someone did this. <laughs> so, Bob and I decided to kind of lay low and not go to the beach all week. Um, no, you don't want to return to the scene of the crime. Well, what we did instead, see, I, I grew up very... Not very well off, but very fortunate that we had a um, where we lived. We lived on the lake and had our pro- our own private cove on Lake Winnipesaukee, and it had its own private beach. So Bob came and stayed at my house for a few days, <clears throat> and we swam in my beach. So basically, we were we were practicing social distancing. We did it before anybody thought it was cool, and. Um, so that was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday is when the now completely waterlogged and unusable, ruined, junked lifeguard chair was found by some kids from Massachusetts that were fucking around underneath. All those nosy little buttholes. Well, and let's just say that we did not realize the impact of what we had done. We were just playing a little prank. We didn't realize that, like, sitting underwater for a few days was going to ruin it. Right. So, um, because it had been, like, the same lifeguard chair. Like, I moved to that town in 1981, and this was 1989, and it was the same lifeguard chair that I remembered. So it was probably old, and there again, really dry, and ready to receive that water. But, so, um, yeah, so that happened. Um, there was sort of like a, if anyone knows anything about this, please call Unsolved Mysteries at 1-800-876-5353. Right. So eventually for the next year, and this was towards the end of the season. It was near, near our birthdays. So I, they never replaced it that year, but they did replace it the next year. And uh, so anyone who wondered what happened to the lifeguard chair in the summer of 89 at Center Harbor Beach, I can no longer be prosecuted for this, and neither can Bob. So, yeah, it was us. The statute of limitations is up, bitches. (laughs) Fight me. (laughs) Fight me. Um, So... My brother and I used to go crazy for the, uh, the legs. Yeah. Like, you take the legs out and you suck, you know, suck the meat out or whatever. Um... You can't make that face. I didn't make any face. <laughs> Suck the meat. No, nope, oh that is uh uh-uh. Nope, that is my. Maybe this is where face. it all began when I was sucking lobster legs in my yeah. driveway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we had gone hiking earlier that day. Yep. So the kid sitting next to me was another one of my friends. He was putting icy hot on his uh, on his knees <laughs> uh-huh. and up his legs and stuff like that. And um. I already know where this is going. Yeah, he he went to take a piss out behind the barracks, Mm -hmm. comes back, and he sits down. Mm -hmm. And I had seen this movie like a million times already. Like, it's not like my favorite movie in the world, but I'll watch it. I've never seen it, but I heard it was really good. Yeah, it's really good. um, There's a lot of, like, 
iconic scenes from it. <clears throat> um, so he comes back and he sits down next to me, and I like I can out of the corner of my eye I kind of see him squirming and looking around like what the what's going on, and then just he just let out a scream all of a sudden. Uh-huh. He had touched his junk yep. with his hands mm-hmm. that he had just put icy hot right on his body. Yeah. And starts screaming, jumping up and down, like, what do I do? What do I do? We had an EMT staying in our barracks. Um, my friend George, uh, who's gay. Mm-hmm. Um, he, oh, gay George. Yeah, I know him. <laughs> yeah, gay George. Uh, but he was great EMT, mm-hmm. former cadet. He was our volunteer every summer. George is trying to go into that um, medic role. You, you think He's like, well, you need to let me see. Yeah. And James, um, James, the kid, the kid who happened, I don't even remember what his name is. I'm struggling really bad. It was a while ago. Yeah. Um, maybe Ryan or Chuck, someone was one of them. George is like, let me see, let me see. No, no, I don't want you to see. So my friend asked me to look because. Right. It's me. I'm not. You're not gay. Yeah. Well, that <clears throat> I think you know. My friend knew. Yeah. But he didn't care because mm-hmm. it's me. I'm not gonna like ogle this shit. Right. I'm like, it looks red. Your, your sack looks red. Mm-hmm. So the EMT's like, or George is like, well, you need to go down to the kitchen and get a saucer of milk from one of the kitchen ladies. He's like, and literally go out back and teabag this yeah. bowl of milk. And we're all laughing. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, we're, di- sure. we're dying. Sure. And he's like, that's not going to work. And he's like, believe me, it will. And he's like, I'll even go get it for you. He went down, grabbed a carton of milk, brought back one of the plastic, uh, the paper bowls, styrofoam bowls. Mm-hmm. Gave it to him. He went out back. He asked a couple of us to stay on guard at the door. So we did. And he comes back. He's like, it's not working. No, he's like, it's working. It's working. So then now we just had, the, he had this bowl of milk. <laughs> he dipped his balls in. Yeah. So yeah. like, we, we were all trying to like, get people to balls drink in. it and stuff. Oh, yeah. God. And then eventually we just dumped it out, but. Around 6 a.m. or so, I was awoken by one of those swoopy rain gutter-like roof wall flap things letting go and having about six gallons of ice-cold water dumped directly on my face. And I was also lying on my back. A good mental image that's actually true to the time period would be the aftermath of one of those kids on You Can't Do That on Television mentioning the word water. (laughs) I paint the picture. That... I forgot all about that mm-hmm. show until you just mm-hmm. said that, and now I'm going to have to look it up, because that yes. show was intense. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Okay, I'm sorry, baby. Go sorry. ahead. What ended up happening was there was a girl and a guy. The guy got kicked out of ROTC mm-hmm. earlier in the year, mm-hmm. So, and that was, on, that was because of me, and that was because we were on the school bus, and... Um, I had just moved across town. Like, I moved to a new part of Auburn, and we and I had access to a field near Pettengill Park. And me and a few buddies were like, let's start a wrestling thing over here like we used to do and mm-hmm. see if we... And this one kid, his name was Scott. Uh, yeah, Scott. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, he wanted to be part of it. Well, he had joined us a few times, and he kept getting hurt. And his mom was getting pissed. And I was like, dude, you just can't wrestle this anymore. You can be there, but you're not wrestling. Yeah. Well... He got so mad about it that we were on the school bus on the way to ROTC. This is before I got my car. Okay. And he said, well, I'm just going to start my own wrestling company. I'm going to call it the No N-Word League. But he didn't say N-Word. He said the N-Word. With the hard R. With the hard R on the end. Just straight up like it wasn't shit. And I like I remember I hucked my backpack across the seats at him like and he threw them back and the bus driver pulled over and that's what was happening I was like he just called me the n word and the bus driver made him sit up front and by the time we got to Lewiston High School, um, the commander asked he goes why why was there trouble on the bus and I told him and they they sat in the office reaming him out for a better part of forty five minutes wow. only to find out they let him go from the class because. No tolerance. Yeah, zero tolerance Good. for that in the Good. in the class. So he had to, he ended up with like a free period or something like that because it came off of his schedule. More time to you know join the KKK rally. Yeah. So he uh, he was out and wow. he had a very bitter um, 
he had a very bitter way out, of course. Sure. So what ended up happening was he and his girlfriend and a couple of his buddies one night drove their car to like the very like it's a dirt it's a dirt access road to the parade field, but they parked at the very end. And what had happened was we had seen uh, flashlights coming in our windows. Oh. We heard all kinds of bangs and stuff outside. We thought we heard some kind of gun. Mm. Um, and it, he, they terrorized us for a night, like, to the point where, like, oh. all of us older kids literally got up and went out in pairs. Oh, my we, God. We decided to do this. Like, the teachers right. were, like, stay in your rooms. We were oh, all no. feeling badass in our yeah. military stuff, so... We, you know, we threw on our parade dress, which was like camos, camo pants, our ROTC t-shirts, our hats, and we went out in pairs, and like I, me and my partner, we searched the bathrooms and the showers, and um, eventually we heard someone yelling down at the parade field, so we ran down there, um, they're like, there's a car parked here, and what the fuck's going on, so they went and got the instructors woke up, and eventually they found them. Someone spotted him and recognized, and they made him obviously instantly. Um, so the police came and dealt with all that, and they were like, you, the, and the the office, the teachers went easy because considering that's a military base, and yeah. uh, what what that's they were doing, trouble. yeah, they were trying to just mm-hmm. mess with us, right? So that night had everybody obviously all riled up. Sure. So I was in the officers' barracks, of course, because I was I was. Like uh, cadre is what we were called. Um, when you were, you weren't in the ranks, you you're past it now. Right. Okay. No one's in charge of you essentially. Mm-hmm. And just the way you like it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that that night in the officers' barracks became <laughs> as as it does with unsupervised teenagers in high school. A lot of people were climbing into each other's bunks that night. Okay. Yeah, the this New York all boys bunk. No, uh, oh. the girls stayed in there too. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was co-ed. Oh. So, um, progressive. But my friend James and I were best friends, and like we shared a bed anyway at school. So like we laid in the same bed to talk because James and I butted heads when this all went down, and we were just talking things out. Um. And we both fell asleep in the same bed. Well. We ended up getting woken up to the sight of our three of our instructors standing there looking at me and James. Like I think he had his arm around me. Um, just and that's it was it was it was it was platonic. Like it it was a, a a Ross and Joey nap. Yeah, it was a Ross and Joey nap. Like it was a platonic cuddle session with my best friend after we fell asleep. Like nothing was done intentionally. And you were all closed, closed. Yeah, we were fully dressed. Yeah. No blankets because we'd fall asleep on top because it was summer. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. They woke us up, kind of like uh, we're supposed to be down uh, down at the field for uh, what the hell do they call it? PT? Yeah, you know you miss breakfast, mm-hmm. blah blah blah, blah and yelling at us, and I'm just like, yo, you know what we all dealt with last night? Like we mm-hmm. fell asleep. Would you expect us to come back and go to bed after the <laughs> camp was terrorized? Right. So that was the first day of trouble, um, getting caught in bed with your best friend, <laughs> like. And, of course, they don't know that nothing had happened. You know what I mean? Because there were co-ed couples that also got caught. So then everyone was just sleeping. Uh, And the next day, so we're into this next day, um, they took us to that mountain that we went hiking on again. Okay. Only this time, the instructor who nobody likes, his name was Sergeant Nori. Okay. He gave us all radios. I decided to take up a group because we needed we had like more groups than we had leaders. Um, so I took up a small group with me and we're, like we're all and he goes, you guys need to hike to the top of this mountain because if you want lunch, I've brought your lunches to the top. So if you don't make it up here, you don't eat. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, hold on. I'm like, I'm like, this this guy's playing. Like, he ain't gonna hold my lunch from me. You see this? Right. Like, so, it's a 90 degree day. People had water and stuff, but people are walking up this mountain. They're getting exhausted. They're tired. My cousin was in the uh, core. She sprained her ankle on the trail. Okay. Um, people were getting having heat exhaustion, mm. having to stop, and they couldn't breathe, and they felt tired. Right. Um. 
about halfway up this mountain, I got on the radio, and I radioed for my friend James, and I was like, Commander Daigle, his last name's Daigle, um, Commander Daigle, as, you know, as cadre and your superior, I'm ordering that everybody come down off the mountain, make it, you know, make yeah. it happen. So James is like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. I was like, and I'm like, our lunch ain't at the top. I was like, Sergeant Nori's a punk ass liar. And he got on the run. He goes, uh, belay that command, uh, Cadet Ricker. I'm like, I'm not a cadet anymore, bitch. I graduated the program. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, belay that. Lunch is at the top. You're gonna let your whole corps go hungry. I'm like, you're lying to everybody. You can't take our lunch to the top of this fucking mountain and tell us to march up it. Right. You're in a military training program. I'm like, no, this class is called Aerospace Science 4. <laughs> Not Freedom Bound. And yeah. Leadership Education. Like it was it's a two it's like two classes in one. Yep. We're learning how to fly planes. It's essentially an air it's an Air Force ROTC. Yep. We're learning how to fly planes and we're learning military protocol in class and so right. that's what the leadership education part is. We're not an actual military, you realize <laughs> that. Like right. this is not basic. It's not bad. I wouldn't be here. Like, I wouldn't qualify. Look at me. I'm fat. Um, so I ordered everyone down off the mountain, and people, there were a couple kids who ended up passing out, so we had to radio the medical tent at the bottom, who came up in their ATVs to help people. So they had a med tent set up by the time we all got to the bottom, just funneling people in there. Wow. And come to find out, our lunches were never at the top of the mountain. He was just using it as motivation. And... I lost my... Please tell me something happened. I lost my shit. Well, everyone just... Everyone stopped listening to him at that point. He's like... He's an instructor, but he like... The summer camp's run by the students. The instructors are there to supervise. That's what the whole ordeal is. Right, you're learning leadership. Um, So, that night, we decided to cut loose. Mm -hmm. And we had a... (laughs) We had a wet T-shirt contest with the um, with the guys. Okay. No, the girl. It was with the girls. But the girls were all wearing bathing suits underneath and right. stuff because we know like we're kids. Yeah. Um, and we would have we would have gotten in a lot of trouble. Oh yeah. Um, but I decided to participate just to be funny. So my friend Heather, who um now goes by Tyler, mm-hmm. um, trans man, uh, Heather lent me her sports bra. Okay. So I put that on underneath because, you know, self-conscious. At, get at, them titties at that on. age, I know these titties are bouncing. Boing. Boing. So I put the sports bra on. We did the whole deal with the water. I won. Blah, 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 blah. The next morning when we went down to go to breakfast, we walked through the kitchen like we normally do and all the camp moms, which are volunteers who cook for us throughout mm-hmm. the week, just glaring at us boys when we walk through and we're like uh what you know what's up so we go to go in the mess hall everyone's everyone had already eaten or no no everyone wasn't in there yet they okay. peek we saw the kids still lined up on the other side of the barracks i'm like what you know why isn't anyone being and they're like well the the mothers wanted to talk to you guys and they scolded us for 20 minutes on well me borrowing her bra for one which means she took her bra off in front of everyone. That's what the, the big argument was. Okay. And like we were promoting sexual this and that. And it was just like a 20-minute lecture. And this whole time I'm like, yo, when I go home, I'm going to start packing for fucking college. None of this, like, none of this affects me. I'm literally uh-huh. here for fun. Right. And I said like that. I was like, I'm like, excuse me. Like, you can't, I'm like, you're not going to punish me because I'm here for fun. Right. That's, and that's that. I'm here. You're not kicking me out. That's it. Um. So then, like, just the rest of the, the, the just the rest of the, we almost got the dance canceled because we have a last night dance to all say goodbye to each other. Yeah. And then in the mornings, the big parade ceremony, and then the parents are there to either pick you up or you can ride the bus back and meet them at the school or whatever. Um. But just that whole week was miserable. Like I loved summer camp, but that last summer of it ruined it for me. It was just people getting hurt, having to hike up a mountain, people getting heat exhaustion, someone terrorizing the camp, like yeah. getting caught in bed with your friend, not that you were doing anything, but still that has to look awkward. Sure. Because um, we were the only two guys in the same bed. 
So that's probably even more so, like, sure. wrong, wrong to them. So that was my probably worst. All right. Before I wrap it up for the Best of the Two Kings podcast, I'd like to share a few more clips of Adam being Adam and just pretty much just screwing around. Uh, please join us next week for a brand new episode of the Two Kings podcast that drops every Saturday morning at 6 a.m. at the Two Kings podcast, where it's always Saturday. As always, please like and subscribe and, and visit our Facebook page and drop us comments and emails we love to hear from you and it has been such a fantastic experience for the past few months um, starting off the two kings podcast and we really hope you enjoyed the best of the two kings podcast celebrating our first dozen episodes and uh we'll see you next week have a great week everybody I, I mean, and I'd get clothes and stuff for my birthday, but also the practical side of that being that school was about to start. Exactly. So, like, I mean, and that worked for me sure. because I looked fly. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> today we will be uh, talking about summer memories. Summer loving, hand me up Summer of 69. Oh, giggity. You calm down. You need some Jesus. You need Jesus. That's right, that's me, it's me, it's Big Ricker. I know that doesn't rhyme, but it's our show and it doesn't have to. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. <laughs>